You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 210th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. The world tour continues. This is Tim in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, this is Matt, just packing and cracking in Minneapolis. (laughs) And this is Spencer. I'm in Orlando. No, I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, in the same room as Tim, the super rookie Hayes. So I feel that I can critique both of your studios now because I have seen them within five days each. So little guy, I like the porch. Um, the neighbor's Wi-Fi is a lot more stable than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, right. Uh, it's good. That's why uh, we're on the porch. Good, I like the uh, the oral aesthetics of the uh, the audio aesthetics of the motorcycles coming by every now and then. <laughs> um, and yeah. uh, Spencer, I, I like this room. You know, Boston's pretty nice and uh, I'm ready to get this thing going. I got a I got a professional setup here. Um, I th- I think you know you noticed that right away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, can I I do want to say this little guy? They have a um, a hamster wheel, but for cats down there. I heard about this. It's about, yeah, it's about four foot um, by diameter, right? Would that be yeah four foot diameter? Okay. And Sharky, the one eyed cat, runs yep. on this treadmill. Um, thing it's pretty impressive yeah i've heard about this it kind of (laughs) amazes me i feel like my cat would ignore (laughs) it but uh, it's pretty cool it is a sight to behold uh it's pretty entertaining that was uh let me just give you guys a tip uh if either of you are planning to get married anytime soon put that on your registry as a joke and somebody might get it for you and it's going to be the best thing you ever got it's a good plan. Does he does he have like a a cat version of Zwift that he gets on when he's on that where <laughs> where there's like mice in other cities and you're like running through the sewers and there's just rats everywhere and it's just like a field day? Yeah, Sharky's got all the KOMs in the area. No, that's that's the startup. It's uh he's he's going through um level meow funding coming up. No. It's gonna be great. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Serious meow? Dad yeah. jokes, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Guys, we're burying the lead here. Team Sky would not let Movistar own this tour when it comes to drama. <laughs> um, that's because they decided to bring Chris Froome. And then Prudhomme, the director of the Tour de France, said, No, Froome, you're not allowed to race. We're going to bar you from entry. And Team Sky says, Well, we're going to challenge you in the court of law. So... Is Chris Froome racing the Tour de France starting on Friday? Yes. Uh, no. I I think he's going to be there. There's no way they're getting away with this. So the court of law is going to say one thing or the other, um, but the court of the Slow Ride podcast is clearly split right now, and we're going to have to, we need a two-thirds majority to make a, a ruling here. <laughs> So, Tim, I know I see your hesitation. I can see it in your eyes as you're sitting next to me here. But we're going to we're going to need you to make a call. My dear president, 
I am resigning from the Slow Ride Podcast <laughs> Court. Um, we are going to have to leave this one up to the uh, Slow Ride Podcast Fan Experience Zone on Facebook. Oh, wow. I, I don't see know, what you know is they're just going to put another guy just like Tim on this court. It's going to be exactly <laughs> the same. He's even going to be more more to the right than Tim on every issue. It's just yeah. this... so. Can we just put it this way? Is that I'm stoked that Prudhomme is taking a stand, even though he may lose this case. But it still seems to me like the Tour de France should have final say on who's allowed in their race or not. No. They are the organizer. No. Right? If we don't the UCI want someone should to be on it. our road race. But if Tim, if we give the tour the tour is the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, if they have the power to just kick out whoever they want. Like at at any point down the road they could just manufacture some crap on some Italian because they don't want him to beat you know, beat all the Frenchies. Like, it, I don't think it's such a good precedent. I understand that the Froome case is going on forever, and this doesn't set a good precedent, but, like, if the Tour... Ha- the Tour ASL already has more power than every other race promoter in cycling combined, and that it's not healthy, especially if they're yeah. just able to, like, kick anyone out at any moment. Totally. No, and and you know what? I totally agree with that. I think you are correct, but I also, at the same time, think... From the ASO's perspective, which I think I understand, it is that they have a brand to protect the Tour de France, and it's already been pretty severely damaged. Yeah, uh, by doping positives and having to take away wins and all this stuff, first by Landis and then by Lance, and they are really uh, trying to not have to go into that tailspin again. And I, I get it, and if if Froome races, there's a real good chance he's going to win, right? And if they have to eventually rescind that, it just it just doesn't – it's not good. It's not good business for anybody. So for the sake of good radio, I just want to point out that little guy is in the corner of Chris Froome on this case. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100% behind Chris Froome. Yep. Um, and I – Spencer's kind of there, and I understand why, you know, that – the Tour de France shouldn't have that power to make the decision, blah, blah, blah. It just, what bugs me the most about this, and just like it bugs you guys, is that we've been dealing with this since September. When the, when did the, when was the positive announced? November? Sorry. Yeah. But, but the, we're the, still the dealing with it. Generally, yeah. And I like that Prudhomme is trying to speed this up in the most obvious way being, you know what, but, you're not allowed in. But it does make the race seem like a joke. But couldn't he have when, done this a, a month ago? Well, see, That's what I don't understand. He doesn't care about the positive. He doesn't care whether or not Froome is doping. He cares about his race and how the publicity is going to fall on the Tour de France if they have to give away a win again. You know so, what I mean? Oh, it's almost like he's doing this just to for the good PR of, hey, I tried stopping it. Yeah. Well, but I he was forced so. into the race. Maybe. I, I feel like if he thought he could actually get this through and, and get Froome technically banned, he would have done it a month ago and just preemptively banned him before it even got close to the uh, to the date. I feel like doing it yeah. now, it's just to sort of look like, oh, man, I tried at the last second. I really didn't want him there. Now, I mean, but the opposite is like, what if Froome wins or what if Froome doesn't show up and then he gets cleared like July 18th? That's fine. No skin off anybody's back, I think. I you know, like, I kind of can't do a couple in a row, but he's going to be back to the tour and he'll be fine. What I'm thinking is, 
you know, maybe I'm a uh, uh, stretch. Uh, maybe this is a stretch, but maybe because Pruno, you know, he's kind of a character. He's he's proven so, himself a few different things in the past, but maybe he did not uh, tell Froome or Sky that Froome wasn't allowed previous to the week before the tour starting because he figured they would do the right thing or that the UCI or WADA would have it figured out by now and was at the, and this is his last resort you know like that is a, you have to consider that that's yeah. a very very good likelihood of that but there's also a very small likelihood like Jonathan Crane pointed out a friend of ours friend of the pod that uh maybe Prudhomme's just following the no froom rule that we instill in our <laughs> villa games um, leak it's a pretty good rule. That could be true. Um, that could be true. But he didn't ban Dumoulin too, and we've already banned Dumoulin from our from our three headed. Did we? Hydra. Um, I believe yeah. we set down a precedent, Tim. I believe. Now, little guy, I got a question for you. Yeah. Is the sequel to the Garrett Thomas book after he wins the Tour de France as the team leader for Team Sky because Froome isn't allowed in going to be even better than the first one? Um. Well, see, I think it's going to go the other way. I think Sky might just say, screw you to her this year. Maybe they'll not protest. Even go? No if Froome doesn't go, then maybe they'll just you protest. Think... No. Not with the, there's the takeover happening with Disney buying the team. That that they are gonna, that team is going see, away the, real soon. See, that was my initial thought, but then I, I also just looked at Pro Cycling Stats a little bit ago. And uh, I think Garen Thomas has the TT National Championship jersey. So they're going to want to have mm. that on display because those Brits love their time trials. And they're going <laughs> to want that They've got a long history with time trials. Yeah. I don't know if you know this little guy. No, but, I, uh, I, I heard something about that on a good <laughs> podcast I listened to the other day. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he'll be able to fly that flag when they demolish everybody in the team time trial, Froom or no Froom. So. Yeah, I did. And then, then the other part of the tour, and I was alluding to a little bit earlier, is that I was getting really excited about Movistar being the clear favorites on everything in the, uh, as far as drama, because we were all going to be watching who's going to be the team leader of Movistar. Yeah. And now there's going to be this weird, you know, underlying story of Prudhomme having to award the yellow jersey at the end yeah. to Chris Froome um, well, in France. That's going to be a little weird. I mean, I think, I don't know, we should go, but we, somehow we need to do the, we need to do a LexisNexis search and just search for drama one week out from the tour, because I feel like every year, no matter what, <laughs> somebody gets popped, something yeah. happens, like it's always calm, calm, calm national championships, and then something stupid drops, and it's the sort of thing you pull up your cycling news, your villain news, uh, wherever you go for your cycling news on a daily basis, and you're like, oh, come on, Really? A week out before the tour, it's without fail every year. No, totally true. Um, and then that does. I mean, we're talking about the tour here, so let, let's get into the nitty gritty. We are once again doing our Velo Games League. Um, we have a, a new sponsor for the Velo Games League, um, little guy. Why don't you tell us a, a quick little bit about um, the uh, new sponsor? And so, then, while also to get you the code just to start yeah. the Velo Games Give League, the code. it's going to be. Seven two nine two eight eight three three six. Once again, that's seven two nine two eight eight three three six, and that is the Slow Ride Podcast uh, Velo Games League. And uh, little guy, who's our sponsor this time around? 
So our good sponsor this time is the Avalon Pontoons Alma Grand Prix of Cyclocross. It's race number one of six in the Bike Law Michigan Cyclocross Series. So it's in Alma, Michigan, Saturday, September 8th. So if you win our Velo Games League and you're a big crosser, they're going to give you some entry to the race. They're going to hook you up with a hotel room in town, and they're going to hook you up with some beer. So you can go there, race, smack in the middle of the mitten. Um, if you don't win... <laughs> when is it? i got to make sure my, my calendar's open. Saturday, because... September 8th. All right, because I'm winning. Bella it's games. it's early, so we're all gonna have Schwamigan form, so we could. It'll be like a Schwamigan test ground if if any of us can make it out there for this or win this. Um, but if you don't win, too, uh, registration is already live on USA Cycling, and uh, I think it'll be a good time. And it's an amazing plan, you know, prize. They're gonna give you a hotel room and it's, some. It's pretty some good. Brew. Um, and so. If you can't go to Michigan, do we just keep going down the list till we find yeah. somebody that can? <laughs> I think that'll be the the working of it. We'll just have to work our way down until we find right. somebody. That's but fair. I'm hoping our winner wants to go to Michigan, race their cyclocross bike because I think that would be awesome. But hey, yeah. maybe it, it, maybe it's airfare is not included. I I think, and we haven't talked about the the strict rules of how we'll hand this out since it is a difficult prize. Maybe for somebody, if one of our UK listeners wins it, but I think we should go first place. Then we should see if if they don't want it, we should see if sixteenth place can go, and if not, then we'll go two, three, four, work our way down. Sixteenth well, place is technically or... second place in my in my yeah. book. Now we have gotten a um a couple of like a brainstorm ideas for our Velo games league as far as team names, because you know, we always also award a prize for best team name and we're going to do another one of that as well. But, uh, one of the, the hot ones that I saw was the, uh, it's going to take a nascent of millions to hold us back. I thought it was uh-huh. the, uh, you know, early leader yeah. in the clubhouse, but, um, that's nice. The Velo games league, we had over 200 in the Juro and I'm sure we're going to get even more, uh, for the tour de France. Oh yeah. Um, and then also, if uh, as we've mentioned before, we do have the new uh, Facebook group, the Slow Ride Podcast Experience Zone. It's been going really well. We've had a lot of contributions from our members. Just go in there. Uh, we ask one single security question. What rider do we mention all the time in the uh, in the podcast? And we, <laughs> it's not Chris Froome. We've already said his name like 800 times. Yeah. But, he um, might be winning, actually, in the in the count. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that, that is true. So the other thing about the lead up to the Tour de France that I really enjoy is busting out my crayons, busting out the clean sheet of paper and getting ready to design the new national championship jerseys. And we have a slew of them that have come through. Um, uh, shout out to friend of the podcast, uh, Tom Schoons for taking the time trial championship of Latvia, which means that we're going to have a designed an airbrushed arrow helmet. If um, <laughs> if the commitment is held up that Abby hope so. made for Tom's, so great to see. And Tom also Tom's was also named for the uh, Trek Sega Freda team for the t- tour, which was uh, fantastic to see. Yeah. So yeah, pretty impressive. Should we congrats, Tom's? Did, um, does anyone want to call Peter Sagan and see who won the uh, Netherlands uh, National Road <laughs> Racing Championship today in a yeah. epic sprint? Yeah, he, I mean, he might know his name now. He might know that Vanderpool exists now. The Vanderpool crush on the roadies. Uh, pretty amazing. There's so much to discuss here, little guy. Don't undersell it. Did you see the sprint? Yeah, yeah. 
It's pretty. It's, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. I mean, that's it's classic Vanderpool in that he's in the move. You think he's done. He's boxed in. He. You think he's done. Like. Then he puts you know, a hand out to push the yeah. guy away. He's just. I mean, Sagan could learn a thing or two. Instead, Sagan <laughs> puts out an elbow and gets kicked out from the tour. Yeah, he's, that's still saying. that's still hurting, man. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is still painful. I know it's been a year, but the wound is still every fresh time I too. think about it, I still get a little annoyed. I mean, obviously, yeah, Vanderpool. We've talked about him a million times in the show. Uh, he's not just mountain bikes. He's not just cyclocross. He's also a dominant force on the road, beating all the like roadies in the prime of their season. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else can you say about Vanderpool other than him I and Wilder are like the, the greatest cyclists in the world. I want to get back to the Sagan thing, and and here's and here's my question: <laughs> Years from now, yeah, is that interview where Sagan says he doesn't know who Matthew Vanderpool gonna come back and bite him a little bit? Like, is that the the beginning of the downfall? Because <laughs> it's ridiculous for him to like. Was he trolling? Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you at this moment claiming that at some point in the future, Vanderpool is the next coming of Peter Sagan? I. Yes, sure. And, and let me tell you why. Okay. He's going to be the gold medalist in the mountain bike um, race. He's going to win a World Cup in the mountain bike. And then he can still go to the road whenever he wants to win races. I, it's It baffles my mind. Like, he may not have the panache of Peter Sagan. Sure, he's not going to replace that. But Peter Sagan is the best cyclist in the world right now. And he's got the most market demand. I understand that. Matthew Vanderpool, if he keeps winning races whenever he wants, apparently, then there's going to be a lot of value there. And Peter Sagan's acting like he doesn't know who he is. It's ridiculous. Like that's what, that's what happened to Apollo Creed when he took on Drago. You know and what happened to Apollo Creed? He died. You know? uh, wow. Jeez. There's a lot on the line here. Yeah, for Peter Sagan is what you're getting at. I'm just I mean, saying that, you know, sometimes you got to, yeah, you know, you we should the just... wrong person to say he didn't know who he was. But let's just think about the positive. He's going to learn who he is, and let's just think about in the next couple years, we're going to get some Peter Sagan, Vanderpool, Wout Van Aert duels on the road. And uh, every time uh, Sagan loses, gonna they're going to say, hey, especially me on the podcast, hey, yeah. Peter, do you know who that was? You know, he's never going to be so, able to live it down. Now, hang on. Now, if we get this theoretical Sagan v. Wout v. Matthew, is, is that worth it? Yeah, for not having those two dudes racing cross anymore. Gosh, like does that make it up? Like at that, I think it it might be worth it if it's end of Tour of Flanders, like thirty k to go, and those three power off the front and then have to duel it out on one or two climbs and then uh-huh. flat finish, and they get enough time that they they get to mess around and like attack each other for ten k. That might be worth it. Like that would be epic. And you know, and then it all comes to the line, you know, and then they and then they they end all of Milan San Remo twenty seventeen with three dudes an inch away from each other at the line. I might trade a cross season for that. That might that might be good enough. But I think at this way, like, so did you guys see the news? Wout is looking at going to a team I don't want to talk about, which bums me out. Like breaking his contract, right? All that jazz. But he was talking about how he's still going to do cross because. He realized what I realized a long time ago is that it totally worked and there's no reason to mess with that program. Like maybe a few little tweaks, but like 
why would you not race cross when you just raced yeah. a cross season and crushed it, won the world championships, and then had an amazing spring classics campaign? Like, that works. Keep doing it. Don't fuck yeah, with his, it. His season seems fine to me. So will yeah, he be coming like, back in September at all, or is he in completely shut down until cross season starts? Kind of, I guess September, but I don't know. You know is he in I don't know if he's going to ride more road. I hope like him and it w- wouldn't it be amazing if like Vanderpool and Wout both got on their respective nations world teams for ro- for the road, started a cross campaign, just took a weekend off to go race the road world championships, get in the move at the end or something, get on the podium. And then like j- immediately the next day, they're like at a world cup, like dueling it out, like just being like, you know, we're just like, it's kind of next level, you know? We're just like real good at bikes. Like We're just so like, good at bikes, so it just good. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's is uh has Vanderpool is Vanderpool well, I was gonna say is Vanderpool a freak of nature, but the answer is yes, he is yeah. a freak of nature. But is he a freak of nature enough that he is changing the long held mindset that you have to be a roadie or a mountain biker and you can't be both? Yeah. Or is is he just the only person that can do that? I don't know. He's the Bo Jackson of cycling? Yeah. yeah. I think it's dangerous because obviously, you know, you want to think you can do multiple things, but maybe maybe we're just being extra blessed that I mean, we have a Wout and a Vanderpool at the same time that he's can dominate two sports, two right. disciplines. He's following in the footsteps of uh, like Mariana Voss and PFP. Yeah. Well, it's in his but blood. Like his I haven't dad seen had anyone both. on the men's side do this. Yeah. But Vanderpool's dad was good, was 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 a crosser and a roadie and, and yeah. excelled at both, you know, so. Well, see, and we've seen that before, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that isn't, that isn't uh, unheard of. Yeah. But, but jumping from doing a mountain bike World Cup to winning road nats to, you know, whatever else he's going to do with his career is kind of crazy. It is super crazy. Yeah, I guess you're right. We haven't seen a lot of uh, two concurrent disciplines sort of thing. So, the um, at least on the men's side, I'm excited side about the Vanderpool win. That was great to see. The other great thing about the national championships is that we begin to round out like some of the guys that you're like, all right, he's definitely on the roster for the tour because he's got the jersey, right? Yeah. So, so the first one I always go to look at is the French Road Championship. Anthony Rowe, obviously of, on uh, the tour Kusana, team. FDJ, yeah. definitely on the tour team. Oh yeah, you all know. Right. Um, well, you know, Germany is definitely going to be bringing their guy, and that's uh, Pascal Ackerman of Bora Hansgrohe. I would assume yeah. that he's going to be on the Bora team. Yeah, I haven't looked, but probably. Because I don't think Leopold Koenig is taking a spot. So, um... <laughs> You know, I were you surprised, uh, little guy, that Degenkolb could not pull off that German uh, win? Uh, I didn't. I just saw the finish line picture. I haven't actually watched that sprint. It looked like it was pretty tight. I don't know how it developed, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Greipel was right there, Ackerman's too. Ackerman's so. not on the team, so Whoa. I guess he's not going. All right. Well, Volta will be a last-second scratch, just like uh, uh, Adam Hansen will be on the, the yeah, tour. probably. Sure. Like, yeah, has that worked have, itself Lotto's out gonna yet? Have to figure has, out has everyone on Lotto tripped in the last <laughs> week? <laughs> Michael Morkov won for uh, the Danish championship for Quick Step. Um, a Russian guy I've never heard of. Um, and then uh, the ones that we do uh, kind of care about, I always care about the Swiss national championship because mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best looking national championship jerseys. We've discussed this. Oh, for sure. Big fan. And um, usually BMC is going to be the team that goes all out for that, especially you would think in a contract year <laughs> that BMC would want to win that, right? 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'll did want to tag? Do you guys here. know who won? Steve. Uh, no. Steve. Steve Morbido. Okay. Of uh, Groupana right. FDJ. So that's now two great FDJ jerseys. Yep. So the FDJ so, kit, which, yeah, which I was we, just going to say, you yeah, know what this means. got a little bit better. No, I will see. You know, we are getting feedback from the Peloton on that kit is I think what we're getting here is like guys are like, okay, I guess I have to win nationals this year uh, because FDJ went and screwed up the kit. <laughs> that it should have been fine. That's why I signed this contract. That, but they're also the one team, like, Matteo is the one director that, like, honors the kit, no matter which name. Obviously, the French national kit he goes nuts for. Yep. But, like, obviously we've had, the you know, a bunch of teams in the last few years, especially the Italians, because they're always on, like, the, the big money teams from elsewhere, like, with the minimal... Yep you know, kit, but like FDJ always goes all in no matter which nation it is like, you know, now quick step also does a pretty darn good national championship jerseys as well, especially with the, um, you know, I'm sure the Belgian tricolor is going to look good this year. Now that Nason doesn't have it anymore over at AG two R, but they also have the Italian national champion, which is easily one of the most, um, visual of the national championship kits right usually a lot of red white green sometimes green shorts i don't know what do, what do you think little guy quick step with Ilya viviani is it gonna be a pretty good looking kit uh i bet it looked pretty good i'm more impressed with how he won that he didn't win a bunch sprint that he won from a small move against my arch nemesis visconti which i'm so glad he pulled that off that could have been <laughs> that could have been bad but I mean, he was in a move with Visconti and Posavio, who are on the same team. Um, I kind of wanted Posavio to win. Though. Well, I definitely want Posavio, but but man, any move that Posavio can get off the front in means there's some hills. <laughs> He's not a guy that gets off the front otherwise. So, uh, hats off to Viviani for like hanging on a tough course. You know, being a pure yeah. tracky sort of guy that he is. That's that was impressive. Now I know that we uh, a lot of people were asking real quick about. Uh, Tom Skewns on the road race because he won the Latvia international or uh, individual time trial. How do you do in the road race? He actually ended up getting eighth place with uh, Chris Nealands of Israeli Cycling Academy taking the win. Of course, we remember him from Milan San Remo looking so good off the front when yep. it launched the attack that we'll never ever forget. Yeah, hey, you know what I got, guys? I realized about the uh, the Dutch road race. Uh, what's that? Is that so? You have Vanderpool winning. So Vanderpool, we've had Vanderpools obviously in the past. His dad was good, and then we had Danny Van Poppel, uh, who also had a famous dad in second place. So you had it's like legacies up there. No, for sure. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, I don't know if uh, third place uh, Ramon Singledam. I, I don't know, know if he has any famous. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know either. Can you imagine going home as Danny Van Poppel and he's like, his dad's like, Ugh, those You're Vanderpools. You're to the family. Those Vanderpools. a mountain biker beat you. Yeah, yeah. well, just that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, with that, let's uh, let's get rolling into the preem lap because uh, we have so much more to discuss on the uh, podcast. I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Drop Pack, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
right. I'm feeling good. Just left the ice cream shop. Looking pretty good. Um, little guy. Spencer saw me. The first thing he said was, Tim, you're looking really fit for Schwamigan. And I said, <laughs> yeah, not looking as fit as you, Spencer. Because obviously Spencer's got something, a secret weapon going right now. And that leads us into another sponsor plug for an important, it's obviously working wonders for Spencer, and that is the uh, Shredge Science Nutrition. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed, Tim, and I do appreciate the kind words. Um, you probably won't have as many kind words left to say after I uh, embarrass you in uh, in the trails of Wisconsin. Uh, so I apologize in advance, but uh, Shred Science is getting me shredded, and I'm super psyched about it. It's uh, It's been a good experience. I'm on, I'm on week two. Uh, this isn't going to be all about me, but, um, you know, it, I wanted to be able to talk to our listeners about what was happening and how it works and why they should be interested in it. And, uh, it's, uh, so I guess what I'll do is just break it down is, uh, you fill out this big questionnaire you sign up for shredsciencenutrition.com, fill out your questionnaire, get assigned to your coach. And what they're going to do is break down. Uh, what you're doing, what training you're doing, your eating habits, uh, you know, all this stuff. They're going to crunch those numbers. And what they're going to do is give you some targets for each day. Uh, and that's going to be carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And you just need to hit those targets every day. You can eat it, whatever you want to get to those targets. Is it hard to keep track? Like that? that's what I'm worried about. It It takes a little bit of doing. There is some effort involved okay. here. Um, but it's not rocket science. Uh, there's a very popular app that you can get on your telephone called my fitness pal that has almost all the food you could ever imagine in it. Uh, you so just, then that's how you track it. Yeah. You can just scan a barcode on the, uh, on whatever it is you just ate and bam, the info's in there and you just tell them, you just tell it how much you ate. Okay. Like, that, um, that sounds easy. Next question. Sorry to interrupt because this is an important one. Oh yeah. What if I miss the targets? Am I going to be feeling pretty bad or they'd let me down a little softly? Was Shred Science uh, going to be like, hey, you know, Tim, better luck next time. You know, I... So I don't know about you, uh, but for me, I uh, I did okay. I did pretty good. I'd say I got like a C plus, B minus uh, my first week. Um, oh, all right. Good to know. But yeah, I know. wasn't shamed. Spencer. I didn't get shamed here. I'm, I don't hear a fear in little guy's voice. Definitely not in mine with a with a C plus. That means I can only get better from here. Uh, okay. Yeah, All that's right. true. Um, I'm already f- like feeling better. Like I already have more energy. I already uh, am training better. It's it's shocking to me how 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 uh, a, a seemingly small change like uh, getting control of your nutrition uh, can really change your how you feel like obviously like it sounds dumb to say it out loud i guess but it's it's like the fuel that you use to race and train and so of course you should be paying attention to it if you give any kinds of crap about your bike racing ability or just your fitness in general this is something you should be paying attention to and i'm gonna tell you like i've been i've been trying to like lose a few lbs for schwamigan for months and months and months now uh, and I was cutting out random things or like trying to skip lunch and all these dumb things. And now that I'm, now that I have a professional that knows what they're talking about, analyze my nutrition and tell me what I should be doing. I realized how off the mark I was like how wrong, yeah. like how backwards some of the things I was thinking was. 
and how I was just missing, like what I was missing. And it's, it's so refreshing to have that. It's so nice to be, to have those numbers, uh, to, to look at. And it's so good to have the, the overall energy, you know, for training for just like regular life to recover better from my training sessions. Um, yeah, you, you know? definitely have more energy in your trash talking game too. I mean, and that I think too. That's, a, that's a byproduct of yeah, uh, I've noticed that for sure. Nutrition. Yeah. Um, he he totally housed some ice cream today, little guy, uh, with me tonight here in Boston. So um, the the sad thing is, I'm probably going to gain a couple pounds from it. And little guy's mm-hmm. like, "Sweet, just made my fat target." Is what Spencer's thinking on his Shred Science Nutrition uh, program. Yeah, I'm yeah. crushing it. So if you guys want to learn a little bit more about this, uh, check out ShredScienceNutrition.com um, and just read through the info there. See if it makes sense to you. Uh, I think it's uh, it's a great program. Like it's been it's been working. I've been seeing the results in in only the first two weeks so far. Uh, I will let you know if that changes if I level off. Um, but, uh, so far so good. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's, it's a complete, uh, program and it's very dialed and, uh, the coaches that I've been working with are great. They're super friendly. They're making me feel very, uh, good about my decisions and my choices and they're helping coach me through stuff like, Oh, what can I eat to get more of this? Like, geez. And they're giving me a whole list of options. Like, you're not left on your own, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is you're not going to be out here floundering trying to figure out where to get more protein or more to whatever, you know, like they will give you a lot of good ideas and recipes and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, I'm really happy that they are a sponsor of the show. Yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. And uh, go to shredsciencenutrition.com and we'd like to thank them for their support. Um, also... On the uh, podcast, we once again want to thank the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn about the family of podcasts that we are a part of. And uh, you may learn some podcasts and learn some new things about the world of cycling. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorites, of course, is Bike Shop CX and Crosshairs Radio. They continue to crush it with near weekly content. It's always fun to listen to, um, especially with Matthew Vanderpool winning uh, a road national championships. I can almost hear... Um, Bill and the gang at Bike Shop CX starting to sweat a little bit about like, oh no, now we're gonna lose another one. Yeah, yeah, As, uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that, uh, that's a great one. And uh, I know I mentioned this last week, but in case you missed it, Crosshairs Radio has an episode, uh, episode ninety-two, where they interview uh, Carrie from Shred Science Nutrition. So if you want to get some more better information straight from the horse's mouth, maybe go check that one out back in the archives. Nice. Um. Well, dudes, crushed it once again. I just won another uh, floor pump like I always won when I won the preems um, in crits. Let's get back to the show. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. You guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, Tim, I'm taking over here for a second. Let me just uh, come in with one quick fact, you guys. Not only was uh, Van Poppel uh, on the podium there at the Dutch National Championships, but also his brother was in the race, Boy Van Poppel, and his cousin, 
Bram Welton, who rides for the Team Fortunio Semsic team that uh, just decided to suddenly uh, quit their bike sponsor a week ago. You know, for no reason, whatever. It was totally what they wanted to do. I did see that. This is uh this is the team that switched from Look to BH. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that was weird. That was another weird random pre-tour drama thing. But that's not my point. My point is that family has a lot of fast dudes on it and uh just kind of crazy being like, "Oh yeah, his dad won uh like nine tour stages and f- multiple Volta stages and a whole bunch of other stuff and he- he's got a brother and a cousin in the Pro Peloton." So, jeans, <laughs> you guys. They're important. Yeah. yeah. Well, that family dinner must be really great. You know, Thanksgiving or whatever holiday. Uh, oh, yeah. Gather it's up. a whole like, bunch yeah, of... Were well, you in that race? Oh, I didn't see yeah. you because I was crushing it at the front. Where were you? Let me just pull oh. up your pro cycling oh, stats page. Oh, you DNF'd? Oh. Oh, oh bummer. Sometimes Tough one, cuz. Look for my reflection in my trophy case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got an email a couple weeks ago from a friend of the pod, Douglas Sniper. It says, Dear Slow Ride Pod. A friend recently posted on Facebook the concept of a worst cycling jersey challenge. The genesis of this idea is that we all have a jersey or kit buried deep in our closet. While once may have been considered fashionable, over time has transformed into an eyesore that will never see the light of day again. As arbiters of all things regarding cycling style, can the Slow Ride podcast get behind an international worst jersey day? How about Saturday, July 29th, the last day of the tour? <laughs> Hashtag like worst cycling jersey day from Douglas Evil Kniper. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I love this idea. How, what do you think, Spencer? I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by this. I think it could be uh, definitely an Instagram movement, uh, something along so those lines. Hashtag worst cycling jersey yeah. day. And it's on the Sunday of the tour. I think that... Let's just co-op the the idea. Let's forget that um, Douglas uh, Kniper sent this into us. I'm sorry. uh, Who? Delete the uh, email. Scrub Um, the email account right now. So we have this idea that we just came up with. Mm -hmm. Um, This is now Worst Cycling Jersey Day Corner. Um, Do you guys have any... Like, you guys know my kit collection. Is there anything that you remember riding with me that you're like, ooh, that could be actually a good kit for Worst Cycling Jersey Day? I I feel like we're going to say the same thing. Yeah, I think the immediate thing that comes to mind is that all pink Toluca liquid gas kit. pink Toluca liquid gas kit. I bet you have a Monax or whatever is that team jersey. I have a Monax jersey. Probably not. That was uh, from Emil Abraham and the the jacket combo. But I'm with you guys. I think the liquid gas... Maglia Rosa of uh, Danilo DeLuca. And I can't think of a more appropriate yeah. day than wearing that uh, than the last day of the tour. <laughs> like going on the group ride on that Sunday yeah, with that kid on and everyone's like, why are you wearing the Giro? And be like, because it's hashtag worst cycling jersey day ever. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. The other one that I was thinking of is maybe that... Um, it's not the worst design of all time. That's the Onsei kit that I have, the Onsei yellow jersey. Yeah. Right? It was a good-looking kit, Yeah, but it's the worst jersey I own because it's only a half-sip, and why would they uh, ever make half-sips? I still don't understand, so therefore it's the worst jersey I own. Yeah, half-sips were popular for a while there. I got a, now, a few too many jerseys I like, but that they're half-sips. 
and so I don't wear now, it. Now, should I send you up, little guy, the uh, Carrera Dreams, uh, Carrera no. Jeans? Oh, yeah. I, no, man, I wouldn't wear that on that day. I love that kit. That kit is so bad. It's good. That's <laughs> That kit is so bad. It, it should be worn on your, your best Are you going to wear a Castorama kit for worst cycling jersey day? No, because, again, I love it. And, two, I don't have it. There's a problem with this with this kit uh worst kit day idea that i'm i'm kind of realizing is that a kit that is the worst ever this year two or three years from now could come back into fashion yeah i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing that's kind of gonna go around obviously i feel like now people are gonna be pulling out on worst cycling day they're gonna be pulling out a whole bunch of like uh early 2000s sort of yeah i'm thinking daryl steiner jams you know kill me kits what do you think of the uh what do you think of my lamprey kit i have the pink and purple lamprey is it still too early for that i always love i always loved the lamprey kit man (laughs) well just because they owned that color scheme for 22 years they they stuck to it and (laughs) and everybody uh, else was going black and 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 going that sort of thing and they they stuck to the fact that cycling kit should be kind of silly i have a csc kit yeah that uh does it have the eagle is it the one with the eagle? No, no, no. Is it's, that the it's, fake abs? It's the fake abs. See, there you go. It's, Worst uh, kit right there. <laughs> it is. That shredded, it so, it yeah. was like the coolest kit to have like early 2000s. That's a yeah. Tyler Hamilton kit. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler era. Um, this is like Stuart O'Grady winning mm-hmm. the uh, Perry Roubaix era. Um, but uh, yeah, coolest kit you could have. Probably the best kit in the Peloton at the time. And now it's like, I look at All that right. thing and I'm like, oof, Spencer, man, that now, is a bad kit. Are there kits that you wish that you had for for Worst Cycling Jersey Day on July 29th? Oh. This idea we just came up with? Like, like I can think right off the top of my head, Tyler Hamilton Rock Racing National yeah. Championship kit. Oh, God. Or yeah. even the Hincappy National Championship kit from BMC was also horrible. See, I would just want I mean, to have a Discovery Channel kit so I could just ride the Greenway and get <laughs> and get extra what, knowing waves from the dudes who are like, "Hey, I got that, that on too." <laughs> which, which one, little guy? The the limited edition with the yellow say, armbands. Oh, oh, I was gonna say the oh. Green Earth Day version. Oh, do oh, they that do that? Oh man, yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. So the Discovery Channel kit is easily one of the worst uh, worst cycling jerseys so day that you can bring to the so table. Much crap in the pockets. But the Earth was so big on that kit. I don't even understand. Like, it was well, just... it's trying to be realistic, Tim. Come on, the Earth mm-hmm. is pretty big. It is, but it's flat, so it should be able to fit on <laughs> the front of the kit. Spencer, do you still have those FSA carbon square table cranks? So you could rock the pull those out yeah. with that CSC cr- kit. Yeah, they're on my commuter bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. So you got to ride that when you when you when you wear the CSC kit, so you're period correct. Yeah. All right. So, so Spencer God, wishes he has a discovery kit. I wish I had the Hincapie or Hamilton uh, national championship kit. Really, any rock racing kit would do. Any rock racing little guy. What is the kit you wish you had on the worst I, cycling jersey? I mean, like day? I said, I don't maybe Discovery Channel or something, just so I can be part of that club. I just feel bad all day. What about uh, little guy? What about Sonia Duvall? How do you feel about that? With like uh, yellow shorts, full yellow shorts era. Uh, I think I still good. love it. I think I don't actually hate it. it. I'm trying to think of something yeah, I, I Cobra, don't. Man. I, like, but I it's really... real bad. You can you can like it even though you can acknowledge it's real bad. I see. I don't know, man. All that all yellow kit, and they had those Scots <sighs> that were like sick back then. They looked awesome. Yeah, and the black saddle would just rub the little. 
black butt mark onto those yellow shorts. Oh yeah, I mean that would great. be good. But that's that Wait. that's that's how you know it's super pro, man, because they're getting a new <laughs> one every day. I mean, I agree that would be super cool because uh, I could act like the cobra all day and just be a total jerk, getting the drops, look people in the eye, and attack. It's Wait. pretty much a normal day for you, though. Oh yeah, I do a ton of so that. Let's go back to this, Spencer. I, yeah. Are you um? You just not a fan of colored shorts? I mean, I understand we we all like the AGR kit, but the yellow shorts or like a red short kit you don't like, or is it just um, that yellow is too gaudy? No, I you know so I like a full uh you know flowing kit that flows through, but I'm definitely if if your kit is primarily yellow, y- yeah, the yellow shorts were a crime against humanity. Uh, they that is that is a punishable offense. You should probably be thrown into jail. So, what color shorts do you approve of? Then is it just yellow being bad? But like you would approve of, you know, the the Credit Agricole green kit, like that that, that oh, yeah. looked good. Okay, so it's the yellow gaudiness. The green was it. great. Uh, the yellow is pretty bad. The 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 pink specialty kit is bad. What about white, FDJ? That is okay. Okay. I am not like I don't know that I would go as far to say that white is, you know, universally accepted and okay, but um, I think it can be done well. All right. What about blue? Like the Gerl Steiner blue, just the right amount of bubbles. <laughs> That's all right. And the Mappe blue and the quick step blue, all that okay. looks fine. All yeah. right. Are you, do you like the black inside and r- r- like colored side? I'm learning a lot about you right now. This is, I'm happy we're in the same room. We're going to hug this out afterwards. So do you, do you like, the black inside with a color contrast like you're okay with that it's probably preferable you know the worst thing that happened in in bib uh design technology was definitely in that early 2000s era when clothing companies figured out that they could uh print uh, all over yes. uh and they like i remember the kelly benefits team when they were still green uh before they became optum uh or Ultimately rally now. Ultimately rally, yeah. Uh, They had the green color scheme going, and they did this all over print shorts with the little Kelly logos. Yeah, yeah. All over. It was maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. How do we, little guy? What do you think of printed insides? I'm with Spencer. I I thought it was cool at first, but then after a while, I'm like, like how you can print the inside of Lycra. Remember Abercrombie Fitch had like the camo pattern that went through the crotch area. I generally don't like it. I think it should be a little more. Yeah, a little less going on down on the shorts, but it, uh, okay. <laughs> I I think I, I'm going to revise less going on down there. I want to revise. <laughs> I think I would I would get the LPR kit if I could go worst day full oh, LPR no. kit because it was oh. that gray. It wasn't white. You're was, so oh, off the team. Gray. You are so off the t- little guy. That, that was, was one of the greatest kits. That kit yeah, could have been was beautiful. Tim, that kit could no, no, have no, been no. decent if it'd been white. But I, w- I would give you Alessio. Gray. I'd give you Alessio Bianchi. Oh, that, was that was a horrible kit. The LBR, the LPR kit with that gray was kind of like the futon kit. It was just perfect. No, the futon kit is so bad. I don't think anybody wants to wear it on bad cycling jersey day. Yeah, not even ironically. Yeah, the LPR though one little guy. I'm with you. That is oh. a terrible kit. It should not have ever existed. So, so the Sonier Duval at least had the had the black patch on the inside of the shorts. Like they knew that uh, stuff was going to get ruined. I think LPR just was gray. Like I think they literally just had to buy yeah. new shorts for. Well, let's get time. into this. Is LPR one of the greatest one-year sponsors in the history of cycling? I mean, they Did were there one like... year, and then wasn't Belkin 
around for just one year as well? Uh, they may have made it two years. And then there's always like the Thomas Vokler teams before Europe Car came always were around for like one year. Yeah. Like, so. I feel like LPR was a couple years, but oh, okay. I think they only had one year where maybe they, no, you know, they LPR is disc brakes, right? For cars? I have no idea what they are. Yeah. They should probably become yeah. a sponsor again then. Yeah. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be much more anyway, relevant I, than they were in 2008 or whatever they were well, sponsoring. I feel that was a pretty good segment. I, I'm happy we were able to talk about this. And then my final thing for style, Spencer. How do yep. you feel about contrasting seams on kits, especially bib shorts? And what I'm talking about is sometimes some companies yeah. can give you different color threading on the the the, the seaming of the uh, shorts. Sure, I I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. I have not thought that much about the stitching on bibs. Uh, <laughs> you designed some of my kits that had contrasting seams. I was just wondering if you thought they'd look good or not. I mean, they can be done well. It can look good. Um, I oh. just, I just feel like uh, the rule of thumb should be less is more, and uh, you know, even though you just because you have the option to do all these things and print all over on the inside of your shorts doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. Unless well, you're, unless you're mape. So, so speak. Yeah. So I'm changing. I'm, I'm revising again. I'm sorry, you guys. 2006 Phonak. <laughs> okay. Horrid. Just. Oh, that was a bad one. Oh God, it's really. All right. I well, can't let, believe let, I even looked at it, you guys. Uh, it's bad. So speaking of Phonak, BMC, the natural uh, progression <laughs> of that, uh, they yeah. are going away. TJ Van Garderen is in a contract year, so he may be going for a top five of the tour. Jim Okowitz talking about keeping the team going on, and then there's another guy, Mark Bivers. Uh, saying that he's going to create another team. It, what is it? Does everyone just say they're going to create a team just to get their five minutes of fame, and then they never it never comes to fruition? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, I'm sure Bjarni Reese thinks he's going to have a pro tour team or a world tour team or whatever it is called now next year too. So, I, I, I yeah, I don't understand why there's always as many teams folding as there are new teams starting, and it seems like it'd just be a lot easier to maybe get one of those teams and fire the four people you don't like on the team and bring in a few people. You know, I don't know. Well, Richie Port's got a team for next year, so he's not in a contract. So he's, you know, he's probably already training for Iron Man. Um, <laughs> you think so, that's what Trex wants him to do? Maybe. So, uh, Spencer, anything else you need to add uh, going into uh, professional cycling or the world of cycling this week? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's anything uh, really related to the European peloton. But we did. Uh, we did get. An interesting query that I think I, uh, we need to put to the podcast here um, from a professional cyclist. So Yes, a very good professional cyclist. Yeah. Top notch. Absolutely. Um, and this is this was a tweet uh, that was put out by Ellen Noble, a friend of the podcast. Um, and uh, she, she is having some trouble, you guys. She's been just winning races left and right. And this has become a problem. Yeah, as it is. A major problem. Yeah. Um, And I can tell you why is because she uh, has not figured out a good post up for taking the victory that doesn't make her look, in in quotation here from her, like a goober in the photos. This is probably one of the funniest tweets I have ever read because it was so self, um, uh, you know, Deprecating. She was making, yeah, self-depreciating. Sorry, stroke. Yep. Um, and then, 
But it was also hilarious because she talks about tonight's picture from the finish line are really awkward. How do you post up without looking like a goober? A goober? Someone please help. Yes. And I can't think of a better there is group no of better, individuals yeah, there is no better to help her than place. the three of us who have posted up several times in our racing career. <laughs> yeah, between um, the two, three of us, yeah, several times. Usually, usually off the back, sometimes posting up, you know, at a ninja preem. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just looking good. But how can we help Alan with this? I mean, so, uh, little guy, if uh, if you were to win a race today, say you went out to the uh, training crit, the Sunday night training crit, and uh, before yeah. the podcast recording, and you just smashed it, just got into the move, and then dropped the three guys you were with and uh, soloed away to victory, what sort of salute are you giving? Uh, I'd probably panic and not know what to do and just stick both my arms straight up in the air like I did the one time I've ever done a victory salute <laughs> in my life. Right. I mean, that's that's standard. That's a that's good standard. standard. Not not very creative, but no, solid. But, you know, so, if do you, you don't win often, I feel like you got to go with you got to go with a standard. Sure. You know, I sure. think no. yeah, I but, see Ellen's problem. If you're winning all the time, you got to start uh doing your getting solid. Now here's the here's another question then. Uh follow up if she, because she's winning all the time, does she do the same thing every time, or does she have to change it up? Does she need a signature? Yes. Post up. Well, I think it's good to go sort of uh, seasonal. What's in the news, sort of thing. So obviously, I like <laughs> okay. when riders she's got a gavel this week. Well, yeah, I have a gavel this week. Um, put a little cage over her head. Um, I think, like, I like it when riders win and they pull out the uh, the pacifier because they just had a baby. Within the last okay. amount of time, I always like it when it's like six months after their baby was born, and so there's always the comment of like they were carrying sure. that around for the last six months, you know, hoping um, to win. I, so I would I'm like gonna, it even more I if it was to, like three years. I do years. need to say I don't think Ellen has that problem uh, right now. Well, I or, know we're in six months. I know she so. hasn't just had a child, but I'm saying like I like that that it's sort of uh, you have a different one for a different time of the year. So right, sure. maybe I'm you have okay. a fall I'm post a up. Of- a summer post Okay, Tim? Um, because Juan Antonio Fletcher, right? He had the signature, the arrow. Yep. But here's what I would do. Um, I'd come up with what your sin- signature is. I'm not going to give her the advice on what the signature is, but I am going to help her in a very important way. Okay. Ellen, here's what you need to do. You need to talk to all of your competitors because they already know that you're going to beat them, right? <laughs> like they, they already like, ugh, uh-huh. Ellen's coming to talk to me about the photo and I need to make her look like less of a goober because it's my job because I may get second. I might be privileged enough to get second place to Alan Noble. Sure. Right? Okay. So she needs to actually coordinate with whoever gets second to be slamming their bars, like, oh. like the, the fist on the bar. Cause then no matter what, Ellen's going to look great coming across, not like a goober because everyone's going to be looking at the person in second place going, man, she really thought she had her, but then Ellen Noble totally crushed it. And whack on the bars i think that that is the way to go so ellen come up with you you do you but let's police the people that are going to be getting second third fourth they already know who they are before the start of the race so get make sure that they're slamming their bars when they come across the line that's pretty good that's pretty good advice okay. um i think i think she just needs to uh really you know look inside herself and find find what motivates her she needs to find some sort of uh, uh, creative celebration outlet. Um, you know, Jeremy Powers, he always had the the one fist up, like the, 
you know. Yeah, he had the. Yeah, yeah. the people can't see that, but I saw it, yeah. and you you nailed it. Yeah. You crushed it. Like you, I actually thought Jeremy Powers was here for a second. Yeah, a lot That's, of people do. Little guy. Sorry, it's just me, not not Jeremy okay. Powers. I, yeah. yeah, I get a little confused sometimes. <laughs> But I'm thinking, uh, you know, she seems to be pretty into, uh, you know, small dogs. She's okay. always retweeting pictures of small dogs. Maybe she can, you know, find something that way. Like um, she's walking the dog? Like, like maybe walking the dog, up. like taking the dog for a walk, like some sort of mimic uh, miming of that. Or uh, secondarily, this might be even better. Uh, she's pretty into baby ducks from what I can tell from her Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Uh, maybe come across a line. Do a little uh, quacking beak in front of your mouth, like, oh, or both hands up, both quacking, like, uh, you or know. she pulls out a can of Pringles and puts two of them upside down and then duck lips. That, oh, two Pringles in the pocket, saving them for the win. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Ellen needs to, you know, figure out what it is on her own. Like, we can't give her the advice. We can't give her the advice, but we- can we, maybe give her yeah. genres. I'm, Ellen, baby duck. Do the baby duck. That'd be pretty awesome. All right. Yeah. Baby ducks are good. All right. Maybe All right. maybe we did solve this, you guys. Yeah. This might be the most solid advice we've given in uh, 210 episodes. Well, if you agree with us, make sure you email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also email us with any of your uh, questions, comments, thoughts, anything like that as well over there. So we have something. Um, little guy, anything you need to uh, add uh, as we wrap up the podcast tonight? Uh, not much. I've, I I got a kind of slightly new training technique where uh, I Caitlin rides a normal pace and I pull the trailer on the cruiser and I sprint as hard as I possibly can just to keep up with her um, uh-huh. up a hill. And that's my new training technique. It's really hard. Um, so you guys are hosed at Schwamigan. I just want you to know that. It, that sounds pretty good. I mean, I've I know I know what my training plan is like. I'm not obviously going to reveal that to you, schmucks, uh, yeah. because it's dialed. Um, but that one sounds pretty good. And I've seen Tim's today. It was uh, it was the pint of ice cream. So no, yeah. I saw that taking before. medicine to make sure that my blood is continuing to circulate freely mm. in my body. Wow, guys, you really That's make me feel too. bad about myself. You're only going to be able to use that <laughs> for so long. Yeah, but it's going to be great. I'm so happy I could use it through uh, Shawabaga this year. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to friend of the pod uh, and uh, supporter of the Wine Angle Podium Network, uh, John Senum, a, a longtime listener of the pod. We were able to ride out to Stillwater this past week in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and he went out of his way. And I don't think it was just because I was on the ride with him, but I think John went out of his way to wave at so many people on the the green the gateway, sorry, and yeah. the um, the Vento Trail, and we made the the realization that almost everybody was waving at us except the recumbents and there's a couple of cat trikes as well that did not wave and john came up with the idea that maybe they couldn't wave because you know it'd throw their balance all off could be so Hmm. what do you guys think Uh, it seems likely i've only ridden a recumbent once and it was a a tandem recumbent and i felt pretty off balance yeah i felt really weird when i used to work at a recumbent store and then take one for a test ride actually let's start recumbent corner okay never mind but John, it was great riding with you, and as always, um, we'd like to thank every one of our listeners that are tuning in, and we'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the use of the track Tama Do Cannibal off the album Radio Do Cannibal, and thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod, and finding us on Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. And, and you- now finding us on Facebook 
at the super elusive uh, secret closed group, the Slow Ad Podcast official fan experience we zone. Have almost 200 members. Nice. The conversation is hilarious. There's it's lots of, of people that are. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Spencer knew. I'll ask you here in person. Did you know the beast that you were unleashing with a Facebook secret group? I didn't know for sure, but I hoped. I, I knew we had great listeners. I knew we had great fans. I knew they would uh, have a good time connecting and talking to each other. And I, I, I had a hope beyond hope that uh, so that this group would, would really pan out, and it has. So Capitalism Corner from last week, the buy-sell um, segment. Mm-hmm. It was a huge hit, right? And so we went out of our way and we um, you know, first posted one about TJ getting a top five in the Tour de France stage. Well, most people are selling that. They do not think it's going to happen. <laughs> but I did create a midweek, um, uh, or sorry, a, a weekend proposition. And here it is. Okay. Buy or sell, Nasir Buhani getting in a fight with a fellow rider, a spectator, or a hotel patron during the Tour de France. Now, 49 respondents bought that proposition. Really? Five have sold it. And a few of those people that have sold it let us know that actually he'll be getting in the fight before the start of the race. So technically, (laughs) in fact, Townsend Myers says sell. The fight will happen on the team bus and route to the Grand Depart and he won't be allowed to start. It's pretty good. I I would have to buy on that one. I I think the, the... You've you've it's way too broad. Like hotel teammate or or rider or whatever. Like yeah, he's good. It's definitely gonna happen with with that many uh, options. Well, there's so many great things here in the official fan experience zone. So join up. There's 200 other listeners of the Slow Ride podcast uh, in there as well. And with that, this is Tim in Boston, Massachusetts. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave to everybody on the ride, even if they're on a recumbent and they don't wave back. That's right. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast.